Hello, I'm Philip Stoughton. I'm on the Adion Technology booth at Productronica 2023, and I'm joined by Dirk Sands from EuroCircuits. Dirk, thanks for talking to me. Let's start with a brief introduction to EuroCircuits. Give me an idea of where you are and the kind of scale of the business and the type of business you do. Okay. Hi, Philip. Um, EuroCircuits is, uh, is a company that uh, I started with my business partner some almost 35 years ago. And uh, we were always focused on uh, manufacturing prototypes and small series. Um, in the beginning, only PCB. And some six, seven years ago, we also started doing assembly. So now we, uh, we offer the full scale for prototypes and small series, uh, standard technology boards from, from uh, the circuit board until the assembled uh, PCB. And in the meantime, we are a group of uh, more than 500 people. So, uh, because uh, we deal with a lot of orders, we have a very extensive chem department, engineering department, software department, uh, kind of a little bit atypical uh, company in the market. So, uh, yeah. But it's interesting, we were talking early on over coffee and you were saying how many customers you have and that the, the largest customer is way below 1% of your yeah. company's turnover. That's really important when, um, when you have a volatile market. We have about uh, 12,000 12, active uh, PCB customers in, uh, in Europe and uh, almost 20, well, 20, 25% of them uh, have also their boards uh, assembled by us. Okay. So at the moment we, uh, we go up to uh, almost 70 uh, assembly orders a day. Okay. And what when you look at your revenue mix, do you, you do you separate it between PCB and assembly? Do you do you have an idea of what proportion you are in? At in the that? moment, it's almost 50-50. Okay. Yeah. Although we do much more orders in PCB, but the order value, of course, is smaller than uh, than an assembly. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of talk at the moment about reshoring, perhaps a manufacturing renaissance in uh, in Europe. Bit of a hiccup with uh, with respect to the economy, which makes it makes it quite challenging. But you're in a slightly unique position that most of what you do is prototype. I guess there's always been a very strong desire to have that prototype as close as possible to design. Yeah, we are. We are not in the midst of, of that storm because uh, our, um, let's say, the people we talk to are the designers. It's, it's always the designer that is in, uh, in contact with us because it's always a first off that we make. So uh, more than 75% of all our orders is, is a first off first time we see this data and then there is always something to discuss always something to debate with the customer so we are uh, we, we are not uh, let's say the focus of the purchasing department yeah. uh, we are more the focus of the of the engineering departments and uh, and of course they want their goods quickly eh? yeah. so uh, yeah. problems need to be solved quickly so uh, our speciality is data handling the communication around this data handling and then um, producing as fast as possible to uh, accommodate the customer. Yeah, and you have to have a super agile manufacturing footprint, you have to have super agile lines because you're not putting yes. hundreds or thousands of anything down, you're putting, yes, you know, you're, exactly. you're putting panels it's always, down. It's always a, a, new, a new thing that we are making. If you compare us to, to any volume manufacturer in Europe, it's, it's completely different. We have exactly the same machines, but we don't have the automation around it. We have loaders and unloaders, and then a lot of flexibility. And, and our machines are not filled up till 100% of the capacity, because then your flexibility is gone. So on every machine, we change the priorities and, and so on. So uh, also the shop floor software is something that we build ourselves okay. specifically to accommodate this, uh, this special need. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you about that because what you're, 
I guess your superpower is agility, is speed of response, is the ability to get a, a new product into, into your line as quickly as possible. Have you had to develop a lot of technology to do that or have the suppliers been involved in that roadmap with you? Yeah, quite a lot. I mean, uh, we are one of the pioneers of uh, pooling in, uh, in Europe. And in the beginning, if I think back 25, 30 years ago, um, machine manufacturers, they, they were not geared up to that. If you think alone of, uh, about electrical testing, flying probe testing, uh, they could test one single board but not a complete production panel with 10, 10 or 15 different uh, customer orders on it. It was unthinkable. So a lot of these things we developed together with, um, with the manufacturers and now, okay, it's all standard stuff. And anybody can uh, can test the full uh, production panel, but uh, 25 years ago it was not the case. Yeah, and it's 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 important to have companies like you that are really pushing those boundaries for for these um, for these equipment manufacturers, software manufacturers. A lot of engineers, a lot of designers, a lot of liaison. You must have a pretty big team there. How do you maintain that team? How do you train? How do you recruit? It's difficult to it's difficult to build a good talent pool in Europe at the moment. That is true, uh, and that is also why we are spread all over Europe. We are, uh, of course, a Belgian company with a Belgian head office, but our production is in Germany. We also have an engineering company there, and we have our biggest production in, uh, in Hungary. It's about 300 people in Hungary, but we also have a, an engineering facility in, uh, in India already for uh, 24 years now. And uh, a lot of these things are, um, for, for instance, on, on the front end part, are, uh, are done in India. We have also a software company. We have a lot of software engineers. Most of the things uh, that you that you see from Eurocircus, like our visualizer, is the tool that deals with customer data. Uh, any any customer can upload this data to our website, and then design for manufacturing is starting immediately. So this is all software we made ourselves, and uh, because that's not something you can buy in the market. No, no, it makes sense. And and does that software automation, but also factory floor automation mitigate the problem of shortage of talent or does it does it mean you require less talent but more highly skilled people no because for this engineering you need of course uh, yeah. you need of course talent and you need to you need to be able to think in uh, in processes and, and optimizing these processes but until now we managed to uh, to find good people and uh, but in my company, they think a little bit in a different way than uh, in many in many other uh, companies yeah. that you have in the market because there they think about optimizing and and filling the the, the production to uh, to the highest level possible. In our case, it's how can I get something out as quick yeah. as possible and as efficient as possible. So yeah, it's kind of a different way of thinking, isn't it? You're very much driven by that immediate customer demand, no matter how small the job is. Yeah, exactly. I've been telling this already for more than 30 years. I mean, a company that makes prototypes and, and that lives from making prototypes, you can't make series and vice versa. Yeah. Somebody who makes series and says, hey, we also do prototypes, it's, it's bollocks. I mean, yeah. you, ca you cannot do that in the same, in the same factory. Yeah. You can have multiple factories as a company, but, but to do it in the same factory, no, it's not possible. No, and definitely not on the same line. You're absolutely right. You're involved in the various trade associations in the industry, particularly in Belgium. What are you seeing when you look across the industry? We hear a lot from PCB companies trying to clarify the position of PCB as being critical to the bill of materials and perhaps encourage not just EMS companies, but OEMs to, to buy more of that in Europe. Is that message landing or is that 
something that's challenged. If I if I hear around here on the on the exhibition and all the forums that are going on here, I I love uh, hearing EMS uh, companies talking about we need to get back the circuit boards back to uh, Europe. Um, but somehow they seem to have forgotten that uh, that they were the cause that everybody everything went away in the first place. So, but okay, that's done. I mean, uh, that that's that's a story of 25 years ago. But for me, I've always been telling the circuit board is the most important component that you can have in an electronics application. And why is that? It's because all the time it's custom made. It's the it's the designer who made it from scratch, and and it's it has not been tested before. Eh? If you buy a component. It's, it's tested by hundreds of thousands of people that use this same component. For a circuit board, it's not true. And so it, it needs more attention to my feeling. It, it's, it, it's much more important than some people think. And, and buyers that buy circuit boards as a commodity, they don't really understand what they are doing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a custom part, it makes it, yeah. it, makes it somewhat unique. Do you think in terms of... Bringing, bringing business back and actually stopping business moving moving out of Europe, it has to be taken as an industry-by-industry industry approach because I think there's a sense that in Milero and in certain sectors, um, it, it's it's more critical than other sectors. That is true. And, uh, I mean, there are sectors where, uh, where the, the government steps in, like, for instance, in the UK, the military and the aviation industry, and, and there they have rules. They need to buy their boards in, uh, in the UK. But um, I, I think it really comes down to uh, some, some government interception in the whole thing. Because if, you, if you're talking volume, and uh, with big EMS or OEM companies, uh, the buyer will always, always go for the lowest price, whatever we do. So uh, if the government doesn't step in and, and, uh, and create some kind of... Uh, of level playing field, then uh, then I fear the worst. I mean, uh, it's it's really it comes down to political courage, to yeah. my feeling. Yeah. Despite and of what we are saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. There's an element of that. What What about you know competitiveness? My understanding when I talk to people in the EMS industry is, you know, if it's a few percent, their customers might wear it, but at 10, 15, 20 percent, it's very difficult to. To, for the customers to uh, allow them to pass that cost through is automation an option to take labor out is there a way of making Europe more competitive with um, with Asia for example well I think everybody is uh, knows that uh, if, if you if you take the, the same level level of, uh, of quality and complexity the difference is about 25 percent and look at what the, the Americans are trying to do with with their uh, bill that is in Congress and uh, subsidizing these 25% through a tax reduction if you buy American. Uh, uh, I think it really comes down to that. I mean, we can automate, of course, we can and we, we can be inventive, but other people around the world can, can do that as well. So as long as they keep subsidizing uh, things uh, abroad, and, 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 and I like living in Europe. I mean, we have a very high standard of, of living here. And, uh, but that means that, that uh, our um, governments enforce a lot of rules on the, on the companies on the, in terms of uh, ecology, and in terms of uh, social responsibility and so on. But these come at a cost. And if the rest of the world doesn't care, then we have a cost handicap. I mean, you, you can automate as much as you want. I mean, uh, this, this cost handicap will, will, will be there because we like living here the way we live. So if we are not prepared to overcome 
this uh, this cost, yeah, then I, I don't know, but I, I think it's pretty stupid because yeah. on one hand you say uh, we need this level, and and that's what we want from everybody yeah. who is who is active here, but we are not prepared to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, then you shoot yourself in your foot, no? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the um, underlying message there is is a bit of political bravery, a bit of uh, a bit so, of yeah. desire on 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 behalf of the state to do that. I know it's a bit lame to always look at at, uh, at politics to come with the answer, but I fear that the industry alone cannot do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah particularly when you look at those, um, you know, those environmental issues, the social issues, everything that everything that is a burden to European companies. If it just levels that playing field, it's the start, isn't it? Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think we have a bright future because we have the right people here. We have the right uh, spirit. We we can do a lot. And and uh, and and. I mean, industrial entrepreneurship, in, uh, even in our high standards of, uh, of society, is, is possible. Yeah. Yeah. But, but everybody needs to take their responsibility. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you've proved that, Dirk, with your business. You've proved that you know, with, the, with, the right, um, with the right approach and the right mix of customers and the right mix of skill base within the business, you can be very successful. Thank you. Pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for your time you and well, continued success. Thanks Thank a lot. You.